Welcome back to Always Evolving. I am constantly evolving and changing it up. So instead of interviewing different experts, I will be spending this time coaching different people who I believe have very relatable stories. And what I'm gonna be helping them do is to make one decision because one decision is actually the book that I have coming out December 29th, which you can pre-order on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books A Million, any of those platforms. And I'm gonna be doing a lot of one decision content. So hopefully you pick up a copy. It's all about how one small decision can have profound effects in your life and how to really get down to what is that decision? Because we often get very confused and stuck in our own head. And I put together a simple practical guide to help you define in the new year the one decision you need to start making right away. So I have two guests on Always Evolving today. Lafern, my amazing producer, is going to give me the rundown on our first guest, Rachel Drews. Yes, Rachel is a very creative person. She's written a novel. She's been working on it for over a decade. And she's reached out to several people, groups, agents, um, and she doesn't know if she needs to self-publish it or to continue to try to get an agent in the hopes of publishing it. And so she's just in the process of getting things done for her friends more than she is herself and what direction she should take. So got it. So in a lot of ways, it's almost like the story you hear those people that say never quit. I got 10,000 no's, but I finally (laughs) got a yes. And my career changed. And then the other part that's like, well, I'm getting a lot of no's. So am I just doing the wrong thing? And why isn't this working out? Which we can all relate to. I mean, we all have different passion projects. Well, Rachel, thank you. Where where are you uh where are you right now? I'm in Brevard, North Carolina. Oh, nice. And yeah. so, how long have you been living in Brevard? Uh, it's been 2 years. Okay. So, what what's going on? You 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 wrote a book and it's just that's what you really want to get brought to life and it's not happening? Correct. Yes. Exactly. Tell me about it. Okay. I um so I worked on this book Like it came to me, the character came to me. Um, I had tried to do more like personal essay type writing and a long time ago, and I've done the artist way several times. And so it came more out of that, like the voice did. And, um, and I used to live in Los Angeles. Anyways, I was there for about 11 years. And while I was there, I kind of stumbled back upon this writing that I had done in this character. And I thought, let me see if I can, you know, keep going with this. And she kept And talking. who's this character? You say character came to you. Ta- talk to me about this character. Her name is um, Char- Charlene Louise Montgomery. And she is, uh, you know, contemporary, like 90s contemporary, but Southern Appalachian Mountains. She, she just is kind of more simple. Like she's kind of a simple person, really. And um, her whole life has just been filled with... Um, abuse, like her, her grandfather, her granddaddy, and then her, you know, her mother and, you know, her mama, as she refers to her mama and, um, and then herself, like she just got in the cycle of abuse. And, um, so the novel basically is about her recovering from domestic violence. So she, she finds a way out 
so anyway, so I, you know, I wrote this book and it's been, you know, I showed up and I kept doing it and I kept doing it. And then, uh, you know, three, after about three years, I felt like I had finished, you know, a initial copy of it. And, um, and then since then, which then that was a while ago, I, uh, have just been like working with copy editors and writing groups and, and stuff. And so I, I think I'm done, you know, in a way I'm ready for the next, I need help. Like I need a publisher, an agent, or. Can I get personal with you? Can I ask you personal questions? Yes, you can. Yeah. Okay. Course. Have you ever been abused? Not like she has differently. Okay. What uh, is different? Um, okay. So she suffered domestic violence. I had an experience of sexual assault and, um, and then also I I'm in recovery, um, uh, for, and I've been a long-term recovery person. So I wanted to tell a recovering story, but I didn't want it to be mine. Exactly. Why? Does it make um, I don't know. Like I might tell my story at another time. Um, I mean, Charlie, she like meets people that I have met on my journey. Hmm. Um, like people who've suffered really terrible things. Um, so I've been around women who've had, you know, who've been abused in that way, like domestic violence. And I've heard horrible stories, but I wanted to kind of have a little bit, I didn't want it to be exactly my story. I got you. So, so hey. this was a way a creative outlet for you also to express the pain that you went through, not the identi identical situations, right. but taking kind of that pain into creativity and inspiration. Yes. And, and also to be able to talk about recovery just in a, you know, it can go in for many things, you know, it, it, okay. it has life. Yeah. And how much do you believe in this book? I, I, I mean, I love this book. <laughs> like, I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's just for me or if it's, you know, other people, I mean, I feel like I want other people to, to read it and feel as moved by it as I felt when I read Ellen Foster by Kay Givens. So that was the initial, that was kind of an, that was a big inspiration for me. And I was so taken by that book and the character in that book um, and that experience. And I wanted to do something, you know, I want people to have a similar experience when they read this. How great do you think the book is? It's called Wild Woman. And uh, I, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, I think it's, a, I mean. I don't know. I don't know who it's for. I think that's part of it. Like, I don't. Okay. So yeah. I feel, I feel on you, right? Because in a lot of ways, I'm, I'm just getting to know you and you're talking to me about this book that you wrote, right? Mm -hmm. um, I just wrote a script, right? To, uh, with, with some writers and it's part of taking also what I want to say uh, and put it out there. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I'm like, this is amazing, right? And the only thing that right off the bat, energy wise, mm. is you didn't, you didn't treat it like your best friend, you know? And if you were to talk about your best friend, right. you probably would be complimenting it. You probably would be talking about the heart and soul. Right. And you'd have an energy around it. And for some reason, you don't have that energy with something that you're so- I'm sorry that made me sad. That's true. Okay. <laughs> no, it's okay to cry. You know? And and why do you think that is? 
I don't know. I didn't think about it. I guess I haven't really thought about it that way. Talk to me about the characteristics that you've researched of when someone's been abused. How do they respond to the world? A lot of times they're like um, dissociated, you know, Mm -hmm. detached. Um, It tends to be a cycle because there's like a high to it. You know, even when people are, you know, to be belittled, to feel stuck, victimized, um, you know, it tends to repeat itself. And but yet there's also this like kind of, you know, there's a high to it in a way. But also just like, you know, I think, too, there's just this idea that not even like a conscious awareness of no way out, you know, mm-hmm. no way you know, out. everything. Yeah, no way. And out. it's a cycle. Definitely. Yeah. And how they break the cycle. Uh, um, I mean, I, I for me, the way it was happened, it was just like it was a spiritual awakening. You know, it happened kind of on my behalf. There was this moment you know, of grace. And for some reason, um, you know, for some reason, I, I I wanted that thing that I didn't even know could be possible for me. You know, I just wanted something that was different from what I was when I had. And like, there's that window and, uh, and then there's always there's people around you, you know, there's other people to help support. So like, you can't do it alone. You know, we don't do it alone. I don't, um, but yet there's something inside that also has to open up just enough, you know. Because the way that you kind of describe the book, I mean, not to put it, everything's not the same category, but you're feeling stuck. Um, yeah. There's a little bit of a high to it, but it's kind of a cycle. You feel yeah. all alone in it. You mm-hmm. can't figure out a way out. And your relationship to it is one that uh, isn't, empowering it, holding it, loving it, being unconditional with it, being compassionate with it, right? Yeah. And so I wonder if there's something in you that's maybe it could be the part of the writings of what's inside the book. It could be because it's so personal to you and this there's some creative energy around it. But what what do you need to do to start building a lot more love and compassion for what you created? I mean, I think your question of like, or you're, you know, comparing it to like, how would I talk about a friend? Because in a way, I've kind of seen it as like, oh, it's a creation. And, you know, maybe it's meant to go out in the world. Maybe it's not. And, you know, it was like inspired. But then I'm kind of like, sort of also ashamed of it, you know, because I'm like, is it really that good? And like, what do I know? And, um, you know, but also it's, you know, thinking of creative things as more like children that were birthing out in the world, you know, but then even talking about as like a friend, I have amazing friendships. I have these wonderful relationships. And when you said that, I know I could talk about my friends. See, it keeps making me cry. And I think if I just tried to even talk about it, an inkling is close to how I would talk about the friendships that I have even that alone probably would like change something. It would. It would change it your would. relationship to it. It would change how you talk about it. It would change sure. the energy to it, right? It so I think the one decision to start off making yeah. and what we could do is I want to give you an assignment okay. and then I want to follow up with you 
after you've done this assignment. Mm -hmm. And I want you to redefine your relationship to its wild woman, right? Mm -hmm. And I want you to call your best friends Mm -hmm. and talk to them about, because it feels like you're in this a little alone. And so you're kind of like, creating a cycle for yourself. This is what I see. I, th- I feel like we recreate mm-hmm. what's unresolved in us mm-hmm. and it can come out on our art. Mm-hmm. And you have something that tells a story. If you can help one woman get out of abuse, I'm guessing it's all worth it for you. Yeah. Would that be right? Yeah. I mean, I think I would be very humbled by that. I would first start off with what is the story you're telling yourself honestly about the book right now? Okay. Let's say it's about Wild Woman, that it's not good enough, that it's, you know, it's kind of embarrassing. You know, really put down on one side of the paper and you got to get honest with yourself and it's uncomfortable, but that's what I feel on you, right? Is some of that's living there, which that's all a story. Like, that's not the facts. You're you're beating up your own art. Um, So on one side, you want to get really honest. Yeah. And then on the other side, I want you to look at the facts. Everything's factual. Take the emotion out. Just purely look at the facts. The facts of why you're writing it. The facts of why it's really good. The facts about why this is going to help someone. The facts of why you need to tell the story. Because that's the energy that got you initially in on this path. Mm-hmm. And, and we all do this, by the way. So it's like we lose our purpose on the path. And then all of a sudden, you know, some we start putting some janky objects in our backpacks. <laughs> Before we know it, we're lost. And then we're like, I don't even know if I like this thing anymore. And, and then it's really tough, too, because we think that based upon someone else's approval that we need approval and buy-in in order for us to feel good about what we created. And that's a story. That's not the truth, right. you know? Right. And I guarantee you that with a new energy and a new spirit behind it, you're going to end up going down a path of this book that you're really proud of. And so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to be speaking to the next guest, Dwayne. Okay. While I'm speaking to Dwayne, I want you to compile two lists. On one side, I want it to be the story you're telling yourself about Wild Woman and all the thoughts and feelings you have. On the other side, you're going to put down all the facts. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to hop back on with you and we're going to discuss your list. Okay. Sound good? Do you you have any questions on it or? No, I'm good. All right, cool. So I'm going to talk to Dwayne now. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So Dwayne is joining us. He's been working as a security guard for over 20 years, which he says is 10 years too long, I believe. And uh, he would like to change, but he has chosen not to move ahead due to finances and security and just feels stuck. He's a very creative person. He directs, he acts, um, but he's not sure okay. what where he wants what to, to do. go. Yes. Okay, cool. Hey, Dwayne. Hello. So, uh, Dwayne, yes. talk to me. Where Where are you in the, in the world? Uh, right now, I'm in North Hollywood, California. Okay. And so what, um, in terms of your employment, one to 10, 
10 being that you're in love with it. Um, I know you're not totally happy with where you're at, but how fulfilled are you with 10 being you're so fulfilled? <laughs> um, wow. I would say a five. A five. Okay. Yeah. And is what's the lowest you've ever been? Um, oh, I, I had a job that was definitely a zero. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> not, not, not okay. a what particular was that job? job, but um, one of the jobs I've had out here, I was a um, basically a, a, a telephone uh, customer service rep for um, uh, this place that sent uh, information to actors for auditions. So we would receive a call and then they would give us information and we would charge them and send out this information. It was uh, actors are me being one. I, I know very well. Actors are very difficult. <laughs> so you're, you're doing security now. Yes. What do you do? What does security look like for you? Like, what is it? Um, I worked the overnight shift uh, at a hotel. Um, so the night, mostly I tell people no. And I'm at a point where I'm, I'm tired of being that guy, the guy that has to tell people, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. You're too loud. Like turn down your music and Everything. stuff. And yeah. You're, you you know, you're on your phone in your room. I'm sorry. I know you're not, you know, doing anything, but please be a little quieter. You're disturbing the guests next to you. And it gets really tiring. How long have you been unhappy in your job or not loving your job? Um, to be honest, I don't know if I've ever loved it. Uh, it was a means to an end. Um, I thought I'd be there a year, two years max. Um, and, you know, time has a way of clicking by really quickly. So uh, 10 years went by and it, in a blink. And then, you know, th other things changed in my life. And then I just said, okay, well, I guess this, I'm just doing this, you know, but now it's been 20 years and, you hear that and you go, wow, that's that's a long time to be doing something. So especially when it never was the goal to to, to do it for 20 years. I mean, I, I think I've made the best of the situation, but um, all good things come to an end. And this ain't even a good thing. So it probably should come to an end, too. <laughs> so why? Let me ask you why I get it. Like work like I worked in coffee shops. I was a referee for the YMCA on Saturdays. You know, I, I've done overnights, you know, like kind of as like security where had a, a you know, a, a programs for, for people who were going to get incarcerated and they were kind of walking that fine line. I did overnights, right? And you must be an extremely patient person because <laughs> I think I would have got fired after a month or two because that's actually like, you know, it's not, you're dealing with people, at least in your job, you're dealing with people that are probably intoxicated half the time because it's an overnight and telling people no and people wanting to get, you know, run their mouths or whatever, don't want to follow the rules or feeling entitled because they're paying 150 bucks a night at a hotel or whatever. And um, so why are you doing it? I understand that you're doing it to make money, but there's a lot of different ways to make money. So was it that you were wanting to do this because you thought your acting career would have taken off or? Exactly. Um, and then there was also a period of time where, you know, I had lost my agent and I, I, got, I came to a point uh, where I accepted that because I was working with a, a theater company. Um, 
And that was sustaining me. So the, the security job was just that. It, it paid my rent and it kept me fed. And then artistically, I was being fed through the theater company. Um, but now the theater company thing isn't doing anything for me anymore. And uh, so I'm at a, a new crossroads. It's like, where, where do I find that thing that's going to satisfy my soul? I mean, you, you know, you have to pay your rent and you, you have to eat. And so, mm. but I don't have anything that's fulfilling me artistically anymore, really. So. What does your personal look like? Are you single? Are you in a relationship? I, I am single. Um, okay. uh, probably will be. <laughs> I think I'm, I think I'm okay. done with all that. So, uh, yeah. Um, at, at one point, it's interesting to ask that question because at one point, the question in my mind was, what is the important thing that you have to do? You know, like if you have a wife or you have children, that's something that has some value, some importance. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas when you're single, it, there's, a, there's a whole different thing that there is in your life. I mean, if you don't have a book that you're writing, say, or if you don't have uh, this film idea or a television idea in Los Angeles, um, then what, what is your purpose? You know, so I guess, you know, that's, that's also. Well, question. the question, yeah. And the question becomes, are you believing that your acting career theater days, that that's going to be more hobby in sport rather than career, right? Or if you're wanting, are you choosing to believe that that is going to be your career? Um, Unfortunately, at, at this point, you know, never, never say never, but at this point, I, I, I don't know if it's uh, reasonable to believe that it's career. Um, mm. So that, that, that's what's bringing me to the quandary of 20 years in the security position. Is it time <laughs> to maybe mm -hmm. pick another job that might provide a little bit better for me uh, in the next 10 years said, you know, um, I'm, I'm getting, I'm not a, uh, a young lad anymore. I, I've got some years on me. So you have to start thinking, you know, what's retirement going to look like for me? You know, where's your family? Uh, I have family in Illinois. Um, okay. There is a thought there. The thought always is in the back of my mind that maybe I should go back. But I don't want to go back and do the same thing there that I'm doing here. Uh, if I'm doing that, I could, I'd rather stay here where it's warm. <laughs> Not going to go be right. cold. So, so it, I mean, I, there's a few different directions, yeah. right? One is if you're pursuing acting and or if you're not pursuing acting anymore and giving it your thousand percent. And for some people, you know, it, there's this kind of like, fantasy story of LA Hollywood, you know, people are waiting tables and they suddenly end up in a role. You know, I've never met people like that yeah. ever. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they exist. It's also twisted by publicists and stories and optics. And some of it's like, it's hard work, right? Like, yeah. and yeah. even, even when you've made it, then you can be not making it a year later. Right. Yep. And it's, um, and so, you know, if you're not, you're in a career right now where you could live anywhere and you're living somewhere with the highest state tax. Yeah. 
and you're yeah. wanting to, you know, here in New York, right? Um, and I mean, it sounds like what you need to do is reinvent your career. You need to have a big reinvention. Um, it's figuring out sometimes what's adjacent to security or overnights, right? So, you know, and there's different types of jobs that they look at like, all right, how consistent are you with being able to be responsible? Because doing security for that long means that you're responsible, that you follow rules and you're not going to go sideways on someone. So to me, it's like, what do you want your life to look like a year from now? Mm. Because mm. you're not, you're just in it and then you're, Hoping the universe just throws you like a bone. Let me tell you, look, I've been on television a lot in the last two years. And I've and I'm still in this grind and hustle and still where people are like, who's Coach Mike and who's Mike Bear? And like, like it's endless this like thing that you get in when you're trying to like make it as talent, right? And yeah. so it, I don't get the impression on you that you're like. All right, I'm. That's it, though. I'm gonna play that, you know, aging man, and you know, and that you're going to all these auditions. It sounds like you've been over it for some time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've been over it for some time. So you just got to be real with yourself. You can still be an actor and not be acting in Hollywood. Okay. So, <laughs> like, that's ninety nine percent of people who live in Hollywood. Okay. So. You still be an actor. You don't need to take away that. That's a comma in your name of a thousand descriptions. Yeah. And so if you were to look at your life a year from now, what, you know, you like theater, you like acting, you like creative is what comes to mind for you in terms of like year from now, year from now. Um, no, Hopefully, theater will be open again a year from now. Um, but we both know there's not much money in theater. No, no, there's not. <laughs> no, so, I'm not much. saying it can't happen, but and I know it's exciting, but we know there's not much money, right? <laughs> not, not money in that at all. Um, unfortunately, the, the other thing is, is that I'm not motivated by money. I, I, I know that I need it, you know, um, but it doesn't motivate me, which I think has is to my own detriment um, when you live in a capitalist society. A, a, a year from now, I guess. But it's motivated you enough to have a job for the past 10 years that you haven't loved. Yeah, well, I don't want to sleep in my car. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying there is motivation. Yeah. Like yeah, you have, yeah. it doesn't mean you need to go, you know, make millions of dollars. You're right. motivated to make money because you want to be able to take care of yourself. Yes, yes. Um, I guess the vision I have uh, uh, for a year from now would be um, if, if I start on a, in a really basic level, it would be to be able to sleep at night like a normal person. So if I, if I start there and then I, can, I guess I can build up from there, you know, um, sleeping at night like a normal person, um, um, maybe working in an environment um, that is creative in, in some mm -hmm. way. Um, that that produces other people's ideas um, and supportive of those. What roughly do security make an hour? Like you don't need to tell me what you make, but roughly what do they make? Uh, I think our starting right now is 15 an hour. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
So if you were to have a creative job that paid you during the week, during the day, $15 an hour, would you be happy? I think so. Yeah. You would? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And creatively for jobs, have you looked at stuff that isn't you being the, the talent in terms of making money in the creative space? Um, well, that that opens the door to a whole nother um, issue <laughs> that I have. Um, uh, there, there are certain uh, insecurities that I have about uh, my abilities. Um, Cause I, I was a, a one trick pony. I was an actor and that's all that I ever really thought of doing. So uh, being um, in any other position other than, you know, maybe directing or acting, it always puts me in a little way in my head, like that I'm not capable of doing that or I'm not computer literate enough. So it, it's always challenging to get my mind out of. Um, no, let me, okay, let me re help you, know you I mean? redefine. Yeah, let me help you redefine. You're an artist, you're not an actor. Yeah. And you have artistic expression and you have a point of view. Yeah. Who we are is not what we do. Right. Who we are is what people end up being attracted to and why they hire us. You know, yeah. that's like, like, I can tell you for me, I was a counselor. Then I did interventions to work with drug addicts. Then people were like, well, how are you going to help people, you know, without being a therapist? I became a coach. Like you transition, right? Like you yeah. just keep moving around. And it's like, you know, I was never an author until I became an author. Right. I was never an author before. I never could write. You know what I mean? So it's like. <laughs> The thing is, you have a story about uh, why you are not capable or yeah. attractive. You have a story that you've been a one-trick pony. Yeah. So I'm going to have you do an exercise, and I'm going to and I have Rachel working on her exercise right now. Right. Yeah. This is the exercise. Get a piece of paper and pen out. Okay. And also, let me ask you, Dwayne, where did you come up with this thinking that because you haven't done something that you wouldn't be great at it? Um, you, you know, I, I don't know where that, that uh, just uh, self-doubt. I, I guess there's just a lot of self-doubt. I've been, um, I guess it's a blessing and a curse that in, in my life I have, uh, had the opportunity to do what I feel I'm good at most of the time. And uh, so when I'm put in a position of doing something that's outside of that box, then I, then there's a lot of self-doubt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want you to write down, I think I'm trying to go with like, what's going to be the most helpful uh, awareness for you to have. You're in your head about it. I can tell you like, we're all artists, all yeah. of us. Living, breathing artists. We're forms that have freaking amazing abilities. And for a lot of us, we don't tap into those and we don't do what it is because like you said, it's taking a risk. And the risk then is not being good enough. And so we may just end up being doing the same thing over and over again. I think it would be helpful for you to first write down on one side why you're not good enough. 
because I have both you and Rachel, I'm going to do kind of a left side, right side uh, type exercise. So I want you to write down why you're not good enough. What's the story you've been telling yourself? And then on the other side, I want you to write down why you have a good point of view and why, what, what is it about your point of view that's unique and how do you look at the world and why you're someone great for someone to hire. You've been around a lot of other guys who are in security. You've stayed in it. So what makes you the person that they're keeping on? It's not because you're just going up there and saying, turn down the noise. Anyone can do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. you see the rotating door security guards. Yeah. <laughs> you see them coming in. You're like, all right, the next guy's in here. I, you know, and uh, I want you to make those two lists right now. Okay. So while you're working on that, um, Laferne, what I want to do is once Dwayne's finished his, then I want to bring the, all three of us on together. Okay. You got it? Well, I, I got some. Yeah, en enough to work with, I, I think. <laughs> but do you, if you yeah. need more time, this is important. So do you need a little more time? You can take a few more minutes. No, I don't. I don't think I'll come up with anything more. But um, so I, I think we're good. We're good. To we're go. good. Yeah. All right. Let's bring on Rachel and Dwayne together. Hey, we're all here. It's a, it's a party. You guys are just meeting each other. Rachel, meet <laughs> Dwayne. Hello, Rachel. So let me ask you both because you were listening to each other, and Dwayne, you were listening to Rachel at first. Any observations? Anything, anything you were hearing from her? Well, <laughs> the, the, the first thing I thought of um, was the passion that um, you spoke of in terms of that she needed to have for the book. Um, uh, I believe that she has the passion for the book. It felt, I felt a similar thing of uh, that self-doubt that, that people have. Um, I mean, there are things that I'm really passionate about, but I don't ne necessarily express it um, as passionately as I know that I feel it. And the when she started to cry, um, I felt the passion that I know that she has within her, and and it has to be in the book. It, it has to be, mm. you know, because she possesses it, and the book came from her. So mm. she just has to find. The, or create the expression of that same thing. And I, I mean, I don't know how to do that, but <laughs> I, I know it's, I, I felt it in her, whether she has the ability to express it, that's a whole other story, but I did feel it. Okay. What did you feel off Dwayne, Rachel? Thank you. Thanks, Dwayne. And um, I felt, I thought, well, what I noticed was when you asked him, Mike, when he asked you about doubt, Dwayne, and, or he asked you, there was some question you asked him specifically or whatever, like, where did it come from? Or what, what, what is, you know, where's that, where's the backstory to that self-doubt or whatever. And it might be in your columns, um, Dwayne, but I noticed you kind of didn't, like, you didn't quite get there. Like you didn't, you know what I mean? Didn't so answer I, the question. <laughs> yeah, I think you realize that, oh, well, it's doubt, you know, it's self-doubt. Um, but I thought it was interesting as to like where it might have come from. And, um, and it kind of made me sad 
Like it made me sad that there would be something that, um, that would give you that like for your whole life. You know what I mean? Um, cause it seems like you have this, you know, talk about my passion, but like, there's like a vibrancy or something to you that is just already, you know, we're already hearing, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. and also to the thing about being in a box and having like the, you know, being in a box and anytime you step out of that box, then that's where it kind of shows up. But then I also thought, oh, you're probably a lot smarter than you think you are. You know mm. what I mean? Like you, you probably are like, or just something about that self-doubt coming in, but there's like, um, I don't know, like you, you probably have everything you need, but, but again, like somehow I think that idea of being a creative person, it lends to like when it's expressed in other ways, like it somehow is, I don't know. There's an insecurity there that probably doesn't, you know. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I think, I think, um, I think there's actually some real similarities and I just want you guys to connect first. Um, Rachel, while you read your list, let's hear both sides and let's start off with what you have. Um, so what I'm telling, so what am I telling myself for real that it's not as good as I think it is like that, that the book isn't to other people. It's not going to be as good as I think it is that it's cheesy. Like, um, that, you know, recovery stories are (laughs) cheesy, which is sad to say out loud. Yeah. I mean, gosh, you know, those, those comeback stories and those like coming from those awful parts in our life, those are just the worst, right? We want to hear those superficial stories all day, don't we? Right. Yeah. Totally. All right. Yeah. Um, so the cheesiness of it. Also, like Southern fiction, um, you know, like who really wants to hear about that right now, especially like a, a, this this girl's story in particular. Um, and then also to like, um, yeah, there's still something around like recovery and it's not even the, it's not just what she went through. Cause that part, I think people, the cynicism or the hardship or the rawness of what she went through and what people have gone through. But it's sometimes I think when people start to come out of that and there's hope and there's positive messaging and stuff like that, that that's the cheesy part, you know, somehow that that's the part I'm stuck on that is, would get interpreted as being, you know, people be like, eh, okay. Like that it would get boring. Is it so cheesy to you? Um, no, not it. No. Okay. And then, um, and then you want facts. Give me those facts. I'm so bad at facts there, uh, Mike. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I could tell because you just told me that a story about someone surviving sexual abuse is cheesy. <laughs> I mean, that those are definitely, I don't see those in the same sentence. Um, but Maybe we have a little difficulty with the facts of what, you know, exist. Okay. okay. So um, one of the facts is I have a completed novel. So I I did write the whole thing. It is, it is written, it is edited and stuff. I was inspired. The voice did show up. This voice did come to me um, and it showed up over time. So it wasn't, you know, it kept showing up. Um, The fact is I do want to inspire others. I've met women in this story. So this is real. Uh, recovery is important to me. And and that showing that recovery is possible for, for people, you know, to give you mm-hmm. a sense that this is a, 
People don't have to live the way they've lived over and over and over again. And I love like Southern fiction literature. And um, I like a sense of place and um, that people need hope. Cool. And how do you feel reading the facts? I feel better than I did when I wrote them. Okay. But you feel good? Do you feel good reading the facts? Yes. Okay. What After reading the facts, what's lurking with doubt? Anything? Not as much. Okay. How often are you relaying to yourselves the facts of this book day to day? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, um, this is the first time I've been. I know. I was, that's what I was getting to. Yeah. No, I'm with you. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. This is not a part. This is an important passion project. That's so important to you. And you're not even giving yourself the facts. You're giving yourself fake news. Legitimate, right? So what you want to do is you got to remind yourself of the facts. Yeah. You have to force these facts onto you because they're the truth. Okay. And so what I want you to do is, and you can do it any style you want. These need to hang up around your house. They got to be on your mirror. They could be on your car. They could be like by your pillow. It could be the first thing you do when you wake up. Some people, I have them reading the facts and reading the rules and they start adding more facts. And they start adding more things to it because the better you feel about it, the better decisions you're going to make. And the good news is how you feel, what the facts are about the situation are the truth. So why would we want to navigate life not being in the truth? This is your truth. You deserve to live in this truth and surround yourself with this truth. And when you do that, you'll make decisions. When you, the next time you talk to someone about the book, you're going to be giving them the facts. This, hey, listen, right now, people aren't talking about sexual abuse. There's shame in it, and especially in the South. And unless it's some headline news story with some famous person, other people's stories aren't being told. And I'm going to tell you the story that needs to be told. I'm going to tell you the story that I need to hear. I'm going to tell you the story because I know firsthand what happens with abuse. And let me tell you about it. So it's like, that is the compass and that's what needs to carry you. And that spirit, you deserve to push through. And it may be that you self-publish. It may be that you enter in conversations with an agent, but whatever decision you make with it, the universe will decide it because you're living in your truth. Yes. And it's work. It is work to get your brain to suddenly think about something differently because it's very easy because we spent years, especially when we feel like it's not working and Dwayne has the same experience, you spend years believing something and it's a lot easier to just believe that than the truth. So I'm telling you, Rachel, my expectation of you, if you wanna shift the narrative, this isn't about self-published agents books. This is about your spirit behind it. It's about your spirit with it and you deserve, and this story deserves to be told with that energy. Okay. That's, that's, that was great. That was really great. Does it resonate with you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can still cry because it it's, uh, yeah, it's, it definitely resonates. So what, yeah. are you willing to like print it out on some, you know, and that's the cool thing, print it out on some paper. Her name, was it Charlize or Charles? Charlene. 
busted out on the paper Charlene would have had it on. But, you know, if, if the paper would have smelled like roses, get some rose paper, live with it, own it, breathe it, be it. You're an artist. Feel me? And that's, that's how you do it. That's how you do this thing. And, you know, thank you for being honest. Um, I love mental health. I love recovery. I don't think it's cheesy. I've leaned into that. I find that I get a lot more buy-in with who I am when I talk about my recovery story. I got a lot more buy-in when I share what secrets I've been holding on to. And so I know it can be discouraging and I know it can be distracting, but let's give yourself that truth and let's just keep going with it. So that is my assignment to you moving forward. That's the one decision is you're printing this sucker out and you're putting it all over the place. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes, thank you. Okay. Dwayne. Yes. Let's hear your list. Stay on, Rachel. You're not leaving us, but you stay on. All right. Okay. Um, why am I not good enough? Especially when it comes to, you know, looking for another job. Uh, I feel that I have limited computer skills, kind of illiterate. Everything is on the computer now. So that makes me real nervous. Um, not a lot of experience. Hold on, hold on. Just, just on that point, I have to jump in. You saw me a little while ago. I couldn't figure out the <laughs> headphones. I literally have someone at my house helping me with the headphones, right? <laughs> But go yeah. on with your need to be literate with computers story. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'm listening. Not a lot of experience outside of theater. Um, so when it comes to listing, you know, things that you've done, or your abilities, uh, I haven't been able to, in my head, figure out how to um, convert, you know, what being a director is how that could convert to something in corporate America or whatever. Um, and as Rachel pointed out, I don't feel very intelligent half the time. So um, that's, that's the list of why I'm not good enough. Um, and what decisions are you making because of that thinking? That I, That's what's got me stuck. I mean, I, yeah, it's it's clear as day to me. Um, yeah, and how often and how, let's just say, I mean, it's really hard to measure, but in terms of the current of your thinking, like how much of you has been telling yourself this story? Yeah, yeah. all of myself. <laughs> like 90%, 50%? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I would say 90, easy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you go to college or? I did, I did. Where'd you go? I went to Northwestern University. Oh, that's hard. That's a good school. <laughs> I think I got denied access to Northwestern University. <laughs> I only got to college because of basketball, you know? Yeah, well. Wow. I, I, I was, there's, there's, uh, there's two sides to that, though. Um, I was surrounded by some very smart people. So if you have any doubt, then when you're surrounded by very smart people, it makes you question your intelligence even more. So, okay. Yeah. Well, yes, that's a story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using that from now on. I'm, I'm stealing that. Oh, yeah, that's, well, a that's a story. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 That's a version of a, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, sounds yeah. like a story with a good ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing it. Um, okay, so that's it. So, so, so basically, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You don't have computer skills. 
you know, you don't know how to do Excel spreadsheets, whatever <laughs> job this thing is that needs all these specialized forms in order to right. operate. <laughs> and, and so, and you, so you, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Now the flip side of that, um, mm. I, I do feel that there are things in my life experience that are of value. Um, I did a, um, for a while I was doing diversity training uh, mm -hmm. to, uh, across the country. That was a very good experience. I really enjoyed that. I think that I uh, adapt with really well to uh, environments. Uh, I think that has something to do with why I was been able to stay at the hotel for 20 years. I've had numerous uh, bosses during that time and I've, and you know, everybody manages differently. I, I've been able to negotiate that um, and still stay in good standings. Um, uh, I, I think that I possess um, a lot of em empathy for uh, people in situations. I think that's also helped because we get a lot of homeless that come through the hotel sometimes, hmm. which can be challenging to deal with because I have a job and that's to get them out. How but long it, have you been at this one job? At the hotel? Yeah. Uh, 20 years. Same hotel? Same hotel, yeah. Okay, you're loyal. <laughs> it's two miles from my house. <laughs> so it's, so it's, it, it, there's the convenience factor that you can't take out of there. Yes, well. because, because other people who live two miles from their hotels are also working there for 20 years. <laughs> It's a story. <laughs> it's a story. That's a story too. Right. <laughs> that's a bad one too. That, that's like a story that doesn't even like, I was like, wow, how does that dot even connect? Like, like I could be like a block from somewhere. And I think when I worked at coffee shops, I lived like two blocks from Caribou Coffee in Minnesota and they only kept me for six months. All right. So you're, 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 you have a good point of view. You have compassion. You have empathy. Tell me why you're an artist. Tell me, tell me about your, like, create your expression, your, like, point of view. Um, well, I think the importance of, of theater and, and, and acting and all that stuff is because we're the storytellers. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, we're, we help society move forward when it's done well. Um, and that's why I got involved in it, you know to to help move us along help us be more human okay well that was a very pc answer um i hear you you like storytelling but there must be a lot of excitement in it too for you you must love to create or be a part of creations or um yeah i i well i i i know it, it sounded pc but uh it's that's the honest answer. I mean, the, the creative process of of the rehearsals and all that stuff. Um, that's the the feeding of the spirit part mm -hmm. of it. Um, and then on on the other end, when it's produced and it's and it you reach out to the audience. Hopefully, like I said, it, it helps move things. Let forward. me ask you a question: If you could get the same amount of money working during the day and work in entertainment. Would you be, how happy would you be? Entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, the arts, entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, excuse me. At least 75% happy. 
<laughs> You'd be a lot happier. Uh, I'd be then currently, yes. Okay. So I I think your challenge, I and I and I said it, it's funny because you say that's a story, is you've developed a lot of stories. Mm. And and I think they're really real to you, and it's based upon what you've experienced. But I'm telling you, I listen, I've employed hundreds of people through the years. I've consulted for a lot of businesses. Um, some jobs require talent. The majority require heart. Mm. Talent, anyone can be talented. Talented is just part of it. It's why you'll see so many people who are successful at they, they're gifted as kids and they don't end up anywhere later on is because they didn't have the heart. They didn't have the compassion. They didn't have the empathy. They didn't have the other skill set. Mm. So I think you're placing value with your job and employment uh, kind of back to what we learned back in the day of like, you know, well, they're not going to hire you unless your resume is the right type of way. When really, to me, like, I don't. And I'm just, and I'm, this isn't to, to make you feel better about it, but you've worked somewhere for 20 years. Mm. And there's a reason you've been able to maintain job for 20 years and you're good at it is the sense I'm getting. You believe you're good at security. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you were never doing security before. Right. And you're scared to get yourself in a new situation. And the good thing is you can, and you're not doing it. So the decision we want to make is going towards what you actually, what would get it to 75% instead of not liking it at all, mm -hmm. right? And I'm more than happy to uh, offline, off this. If you do this, I'll talk to you offline. I'll continue this conversation, yeah. is get... What I would want is get your resume together, mm -hmm. which really is. And then you want to tweak it, right? So you want to put different components about like, you know, everyone kind of heightens their stuff. But you need you need to start putting yourself out there. You mm -hmm. got to start testing the waters. You know, it's really easy for people right now to believe, well, COVID hit. So, you know, there's just not jobs available. It's like, yeah, don't surround yourself with those people. Because <laughs> those people are going down the drain. And they're gonna feel a lot of weight, and you know they're get going like this. And right now is such an opportunity for you. There's so many jobs. You're in Hollywood. Initially, I was thinking, oh, I don't know, move with your family. You know, taxes suck here. But the reality is, you're not giving yourself a shot. Mm. So what I would want you to do is, I would want you to contact ten places looking for employment mm. with the spirit of why you have heart and why you're great. And that being the only motivation, mm. it's the motivation of every time you reach out and all 10 may say we're not hiring. But what I want to do is I want to talk to you about what are you saying to yourself after all that? Is the script still the same? Does anything change for you? Because my gut is in a very short period of time, I'd say month and a half or less, you would have a new job. You'd be working during the day and you'd be you'd be in something that you love. Mm. So wow. the first step that I want you to do is put together your resume. Yeah. You're going to call 10 places because I'll help you as long as you're digging into it. Right. Right. Otherwise it's like, I'm not going to ride you to call 10 places. When you call the 10 places, 
You can be, I'd like to hire. The, right now, there's like production assistant. There's jobs in, you know, for producers. There's jobs for filmmakers. There's jobs for talent. And look, some of them may suck. So yeah. you may not want to do it. Yeah. Like, I don't know who the heck wants to work for an agency. I could never. I'd be like, I'd rather work at a coffee shop. Yeah. You know, because you're just selling all day and it's very weird to me, like the energy of it. Yeah. By my own bias, right? That's a story. Yeah. But um, that's what I want you to do. I want you to get your resume together because you need a push. That's the sense I get on you right now is you need a bit of a push. Mm. Um, this is 20 years of thinking a certain type of way and I'm willing to help you. First push, get the resume today. Call places starting next week. And then either I'll talk to you offline or we'll hop on a call again. And I think in a very short period of time, you'll have a new job. You believe me? I believe you. Yes. <laughs> you don't have me. to, but are you with me? Like, believe, believing me is, is, is the thing I need to do. <laughs> I got you. So yeah. I'm going to hold your hand a little through this and walk you through it so that you can really see how capable you are. Because like... Someone like you makes a great person to hire. You have characteristics of someone that like, I don't work in, I don't have jobs right now, but those characteristics that you're describing and my vibe on you, that's who people want to hire. Mm. So you're making the one decision to do a resume and call 10 places. That's your decision right that's now. That's my decision. This call. That's your one decision. Rachel's one decision is to put the facts around her Wake up with it, breathe it, live it. Does this sound like a decision you both can make? Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming on Always Evolving. Never, We don't know where we go on this journey, but I think we ended up in a good spot. Yes. It's great. Thank you, do, you guys have, do you guys have anything else to say before we go? Um, I just want to say all the best to you, Rachel. Uh, I'm sure that your book will be great. Oh, thank you. Same to you. I can't wait to hear what your next adventure <laughs> is. Thank you, Mike. Thank, thank you. you, Mike. Thanks for listening to Always Evolving. And thank you so much to Rachel and Dwayne for being honest. I know that some of you could probably relate to aspects or a lot of their stories. And uh, if you are wanting to stay connected to me, make sure to text me at 310-984-1858. If you receive this phone number 310-984-1858 by listening to the podcast text me the word podcast some of you have been doing that i've been responding uh and we'll stay connected i have my empowerment group every tuesday it's free you can go to coachmikebear.com for more details and please if you are wanting to learn how to make a decision in your own life in your own next step make sure to pick up a copy of one decision the first step to a better life it's available on all platforms. Available for pre-order coming out December 29th. Till next time, keep it magical. The Always Evolving with Coach Mike Bear podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional, medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine, or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, 
please consult a physician or other trained professionals.